welcome to the Uninformed Banker. My name's Gerald. Today, I want to talk to you about Social Security. Woo! Just kidding. According to the government, it's going to run out in 2033 or 2034, depending on a lot of factors. Hell, it could run out a little bit earlier. Let's be honest. Anyways, so yeah, the Social Security Trust Fund and Disability Trust Fund, Disability Insurance Trust Fund released reports saying that it's now going to end earlier and as with everything else in our country, they are blaming it on COVID. Woo! Yep. So here's what happened. The There's like Social Security, which is technically classified as like old age and survivor's insurance. That is going to end in 2033 now. And then the disability insurance will end in 2057. But if they combine them into like one pool, they think they can eke out another year and that they would end at 2034. So I don't know who did the math on that. But let's be honest, people. Social Security's not going to end because think about it. Who are the people that is like the largest voting block in America? Retirees. Retirees are like one of the most active voting blocks, I think, until this past year when like more young people started to vote. But let's be honest, young people, we don't have a good attention span, so we're going to forget the next time and it's not going to matter. But they know that if Social Security gets cut, they're going to be bounced out of office fat, like faster than, I, I can't even think of anything that, they, you know, faster than light speed. There will be riots in the streets, just a bunch of old people with walkers going, hell no, we won't go, fund the Social Security, yeah. And it'll just be, it'll be anarchy, you know. Hips will be popping out, it'll, it'll be bad. Anyways, so there's that fact. That's one of the main reasons it's not going to be funded. I mean, come on. If they can print money for banks, then they can print money for Social Security. You know, they're just fucking running the printing press. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, you want 100. You want 100. You want 100. I'm going to bail you out. I'm going to bail you out. I'm going to bail you out. Well, bail Social Security out. Or you're going to get voted out. People already don't like it when you bail out the banks every other year. So there's also been other suggestions on how to fund Social Security. Now, I say suggestions because whoever thought these up didn't think when they said them. Now, I normally don't think before I say stuff. Actually, that's how I prefer to go through life because that way everything I say is a surprise to you and to me. You know, it keeps things exciting. But this guy, anyways, I'll get to what he said. He said that, you know, if we just tax them the billionaires, then we will, Social Security would be funded for the next hundred years. Well, yeah, if you could get the money from them, but you can't. Want to know why? Because they're either smarter than you or... They can pay people that are really smarter than you. You know, they can pay like the Bernie Madoffs, the slick guys to hide their money in like the Turks and Caicos or in Panama or I don't know where, but I don't know, under the bed. But they can pay people to hide their money and do it legally. Literally in Bermuda, if you have $10 million and you keep it in the bank of Bermuda, you automatically get a passport. Nope, we're not going to check who you are. You know, the Taliban, well, I'm not going to get into that, but, you know, a terrorist could get $10 million and then just get a passport from Bermuda. It's now, realistically, there may be a security check, but the gist of it is you can become a citizen of Bermuda and pay Bermudian taxes. And they're not the only place. There's, I think, Cyprus. Yeah, Cyprus has a wealth, uh, a, a wealth passport that you can get for, it's actually a lot less than $10 million. It's like two. And then you only pay like 1% in taxes. It's like a ridiculously low amount. But it's legal. These are countries basically going, look, we get 1% from some billionaire, then our island is funded for the next two years. You know, they know 
that they are their own country and they can make their own laws and they don't mind taking the money, taking a small amount of money from the big guy when America wants to take all of his money. So he'll move his money there. He won't do as many investments over here. And then, you know, you're still back at square one, except now you don't have the money. So where do you go next? You go to the next bracket down, which, yeah, they're well off. Some would consider them rich, but they're small business owners. These are the people that you want to actually have the money because they reinvest in their community. You know, they're the ones paying for the new baseball sign. They're the ones that, oh, your kid got in trouble because he gave some kid a swirly and now he's sitting in the principal's office and you got to go get him in the middle of work. So you ask your boss, can I go get my, my kid? And he goes, yeah, sure, whatever. You ask a manager at a big company, can I go do that? And the big company goes, no, you kidding? You clock out at five and then I'm still going to send you home with work. So, because the big companies aren't going to be affected by this. The, you know, they're, I mean, Amazon paid no federal taxes. Now, I know people don't like that, but a lot of that has to do with how things are set up with the state, how many people they employ. There's a lot more than, oh, they do pay no federal taxes. They still pay t state taxes, which are normally a lot more, but because you guys want all the jobs, I'm talking about you guys like the states, when you guys want all those jobs, you guys go, all right, you're not paying taxes for the next 25 years. All right, so quarter of a century, no taxes coming in from them. And then at the end of those 25 years, they go, you know, we're going to close that plant. Like, what are you thinking? That's a classic prisoner's dilemma. A prisoner's dilemma is where it's better for two people that are in like different rooms to work together, like to not flip on each other. But because the cop is going, look, he's going to flip and you can't talk to the other guy. You go, you know, if I flip now, I'll only get a year. But if you both flip, you guys actually get three years each and you both end up flipping. You use each other against each other. But if you guys both kept your mouth shut, maybe you'd only get a year or you'd maybe you'd get no no time. It's called a prisoner's dilemma because by acting in your own self-interest, like through your uh, lens of view, you, you think, oh, he's definitely going to flip. So I need to flip before him. So you actually cause harm to yourself where if you acted for like the greater good of you two and you go, no, I'm not saying anything. I'm not flipping on him. Then you would actually get less time. So that is the whole thing behind a prisoner's dilemma. So if these states weren't competing to have these factories built and offering up these gimmicks, then it would be better. Like, I don't know, every state needs to get together and agree not to do that. But anytime you do that, one could just break the rule, you know, because it's a law and there's 8,001 ways around a law. Let's be honest. You can't kill anyone unless it's in self-defense or it's an accident or, you know, there's 8,000 different ways to get around the law now they can be difficult but if you pay a lawyer well enough then you can you can get away away with it now who is that guy the, the the football player who i think killed his wife no she fell on the knife you know if the glove does not fit you must acquit that whole thing you pay a kardashian lawyer well enough you'll get off <laughs> there's a joke there i'm not gonna get into that um anyways so the only people that would end up being hurt would be the small to medium-sized businesses who yeah they're affluent but they don't have like 10 million to just toss down on a passport stuff like that and then their small businesses are going to get crushed and then you're only going to have these large firms that you know are beholden to the stock market and go you know what we're not going to raise uh, pay for the next 20 years and do you really want a society where there's no real free enterprise it's only the big old boys and they just keep getting bigger and then you crush all these mom and pops that like the pandemic did. No, you don't want that. It would be very drab. It would be really sad. 
I mean, it's already kind of sad with Amazon, let's be honest. It used to be Walmart. You'd see a Walmart everywhere. Now it's just you see Amazon trucks. They leave the factories at like like a fleet of ants just dun, 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 as they come out the chutes. Oh, I, I really hope they play that music as they're like shooting out of the chutes. Just dun, dun, thousands of Amazon Prime trucks just walking out. And they do that. You see them all the time. And yeah. So you don't want that. You want these small to medium-sized businesses, you know, with the boss that actually cares about his employees. And, you know, when you ask for the raise, he'll either go yes, or if times have been tight, he goes no, but you can take a little bit more time off. I'll try and give you a good Christmas bonus, but, you know, it's been the pandemic. Things have been really rough. You want those people. You want those people to be doing well because those are the people who take the risk, who are creative, who are working hard and contributing to society. They're not dodging the taxes. They're going, oh my God, we're paying all these taxes. They're, you know, maybe they dodge them a little bit, but they end up, they pay their taxes. They're not the guys who go, yeah, let me get on my private jet, fly to uh, Cyprus and uh, deposit my big bag of money. You know, they don't have ex-Navy SEALs as security. They don't pull up in a Bentley. It's, you want those people to do well. And by taxing the rich, you're not helping yourself because the only way to really get the rich in a corner is to get every country in the world to pass a law that there's a minimum tax rate. And think about how hard it is to get a law passed through Congress and then multiply that by over 320 because you got to do it in every country because if one country doesn't, well, then they get all they get all the billionaires, you know, some small island like Cyprus. Say everyone in the world did it except for one island like Cyprus who was like, look, you drop down $10 million, we'll give you a passport, and you only pay 1% tax. Then every billionaire in the world would be a dual citizen of Cyprus and only pay 1%. And that island would have gold paved streets, which would both be amazing but terrible. <laughs> it would be it would be bad. So it's it's just not feasible to do that. What you want to do is you want to encourage the elite, you know, the the billionaires and I mean, probably in my lifetime, we'll see a trillionaire. You want to see those people. You want to encourage them to spend it. You know, buy that extra house so the realtor gets a nice commission and then that realtor buys something and then, you know, that buys a jet ski that keeps a, a plant, uh, a motor marine store, you know, going and stuff like that. Actually, have them buy all the jet skis you want because those things break down every other week and that'll keep marine auto mechanics going. That'll keep marine auto stores going. It'll... It'll make ski do do very well. So yeah, just have a do like an incentive to buy jet skis. That's my plan to fix the tax thing. You know, you get a tax break if you buy every ta every jet ski you buy, you get a tax break because those things are gonna fund the economy for the next three years, and then they'll end up in the landfill. Someone needs to find a make a biodegradable jet ski that you have to paint like every year, so that way it doesn't degrade in the water. Because you know there's going to be someone out there that just won't paint it one year. Oh, it'll be fine. And then you'll see him like riding by as his jet ski gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And then, <laughs> Sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent. But yeah, you want things that encourage them to spend their money, not hoard it. You want like, like have, I guess, a small business investment tax break. So it encourages them to invest in like venture capital and seed funding and private equity because those are actually what create the best companies in America. And that's also why America is a hub of business and entrepreneurship because we also, we have one of the highest expenditures on that type of investment in the world. I think we're followed by the UK. It's just, 
we do it. It's a huge business. It's also kind of in the shadows. A lot of people don't know about it. But like Robinhood, they went public, but they were funded by private equity. SpaceX, Tesla, all private equity. PayPal, private equity. All these are private equity. All that means is you're buying like a stock, but you are not buying it on the stock market. It's private. It's a private sale. And there's a lot less regulation, but the, but there are some regulations to it. And it brings together people that are experienced in business with people that have a great new creative idea. And that person with the creative idea has to convince you that they're a good person to invest in. And then you invest in them. They grow their business. They hire more people. But it's also a small business. So you're not getting that corporate, you know, we got to make the shareholder happy type attitude. And so then you have more people working. You have them being paid more, which in turn feeds more into Social Security. It's, it pays more into these uh, into tax programs to help people get uplifted and help people do better, you know. And it helps fund these, uh, these Social Security nets, you know, uh, these social safety nets, excuse me, that you need. Because I am a firm believer that capitalism is the way forward. But capitalism, just like a good piece of steel, needs to be tempered by the coolness of a little bit of socialism. You can't have bankers running wild because you've seen what happens with that. I mean, go back in history. Whenever bankers are left to just do their own thing, it does not go well for the world because, you know, we're greedy. <laughs> we like money. That's why we're bankers. And so you can't just let them go. You know, the, the whole financial crisis, you know. We'll have kids working in factories again. It's, it's not pretty. But anyways, I digress. You want, you want like... I think that's the best way forward. Jet skis and a tax break on investments in private equity, seed funding, and venture capital. Because the more seed funding you do, the more that some guy with a crazy dream gets his dream funded. And maybe something great comes out of it. You know, Maybe everyone gets their own personal jetpack or rocket or something. Or maybe he finds a way to test for diabetes without actually pricking yourself. Or... Maybe he restores vision to the blind because that is an actual uh, field in private equity. And I've personally seen some stuff that has already been proven that it works. And it's coming out within the next couple of years. That's the thing with these private equity things is they take like seven years for a fund to get funded. And then it takes another year to go out, acquire the company, give them the funding they need. And then it takes five years before that company is ready to sell the company or go public because that's the timeline. It's normally like seven to 10 years of getting a private equity fund together. And then you spend a year acquiring, you spend five years working with the company, expanding it, growing your investment, and then you spend a year selling it. So it's a seven-year process once you get the money. Now, there are other things you can do in private equity. There's called joint ventures where basically the company comes in and you can get funded if you find the right people very quickly. But sourcing funding is just, it takes so long for these companies. They may have a great idea, but it took too long funding. And they went, look, I got a mortgage. I got to go. Or another product got funded before theirs, even though they had the patent. And it's just, just different enough, but close enough that it doesn't matter. So now... Their idea isn't worth making and it's gone. And also people are a little bit ridiculous with funding. I, you know, like you'll have these venture firms that like, they'll be like, oh, we did a hundred deals this year. Okay. How many worked out? Three. That makes people not want to invest in private equity. They also charge ridiculous maintenance fees, which basically makes it equal to the stock market. The whole thing with, about private equity is that you invest 
in something that's risky so you get a larger return. You know, you have a year or two, it's called a J curve where it goes below, you're actually like in the negatives and then it comes up really quick. And so you make that like a lot of money really quick. And, but it's risky, it's really risky because that J could just turn into a line that goes down, 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 down to bankruptcy. And, but when you're having these companies that they invested in a hundred, only three worked out and you only got a 10% return. When you look at the stock market and it's doing 20 to 40% and you go, why am I doing this? I'm paying them. He just drove up in a new Lamborghini that I paid for with these maintenance fees and I only got 10% return. I'm going to the stock market. I'm going to invest in an ETF. I don't have to manage it. It's got like 0.04% in maintenance fees and I get 2% per year. And then it can also grow between 10 to 30%. But yeah. So that's an issue in the private equity business as it's on its own, but I could do an hour on that, to be honest. So that's what I think you want to do to fund like social security and disability is you want to, you know, I'm still a firm believer in the whole jet ski tax break. I think that is a big thing that would stimulate the economy, you know, boats and jet skis, because boat, bring out another thousand. The more people that own boats, the more they're going to break and the more money is going to be spent on fixing them. It's going to be awesome. So that'll stimulate the heck out of the economy. So you do that, and then you do a private equity slash venture capital tax break. And now you got businesses being stimulated because every time there's a small business, they're also buying from other small businesses. You know, there's a, They're buying stuff. They're buying computers. They're buying, I don't know what they're buying. But you're also having people being paid more because typically the pay in a private, in a private business is higher than the pay like a private equity funded business, the pay is higher than at a public corporation on average. And that's because there's no board of directors that you need to appease. There's no stockholders that are going, hey, you didn't up the dividend this year and you didn't buy any stocks back. Also, the whole government trying to tax stock, stock buybacks, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. I mean, stock buybacks in general are a terrible idea. Well, they are and they aren't. Whole thing about a stock buyback is the company buys its own stock back. That reduces the amount of shares that are out there, which increases the value of the shares. Now, the good thing about that is when the company wants to, say, fund a new business unit, they don't do this a ton, but they do do it sometimes. They can then sell some of their own shares because they bought them back and the price went up. So then they can decide to dump like 100,000 shares and make 50 million and use it to fund, I don't know, the new the new hoverboards section of Tesla. I don't know. But that's what stock buybacks are about. But they want to tax those. And I don't think that's right because that impacts retirees that invest in the stock market. That It impacts so many people and it, I don't think it's the right way to go about it and it limits business and hurts people. So I don't think that's a good idea. Just look at the broad scope of it. Business is doing well. Tempered by so socialism is what keeps the world going around. Now, I mean, like, I think it's like should be like an 80-20 split. You know, 80% capitalism, 20% um, socialism. Because you need those uh, social safety nets. You need unemployment. You need unions. You need these things that stick up for workers' rights. And, you know, when everyone, everyone stumbles at some point in their life. And if you haven't, then you haven't been taking enough risk and you haven't been living life. You know, everyone falls on hard times at some point or another, and you need these things to keep you afloat while you're in your hard times. That's what you need. Now, people shouldn't abuse these things because that's what gets people annoyed and wants people to uh, defund these things. Because there's videos out there of some lady who, you know what, I'm not going to get into it. There's so many videos of people just so happy that they're getting their welfare 
and stuff like that because they literally don't want to work. There's like a video of some lady that claimed she was disabled and couldn't walk. She gets her disability check and just starts dancing and laughing. They're like, they, they did it. They said, that. I didn't think they would. She's dancing and laughing. She said she like couldn't walk. It was, yeah. Yeah. So people need to not abuse those things. But that'll never happen entirely. But I don't know. Maybe keep a little force that checks in on these people. Like, hey, can you really not walk? And then you see them walk to their car as they leave the interview. Like, yeah. But it's a government. The more bureaucracy we have, the less it runs well. Like, governments don't function well with a lot of bureaucracy, but they also don't function well when there's only, like, when it's basically a dictatorship. So you need that fine line of people having a say and not getting bogged down in paperwork. I mean, that's probably what hurt the planet so much. We killed, like, half the Amazon rainforest so I could print stuff out from a copier. But I digress again, you know. So that's my take on the whole Social Security thing. It's not going to go dry because they can bail out the banks. They can bail out the car companies. They're going to bail out Social Security. So don't worry. Now, here's something that I think will happen. Actually, it already has. It doesn't draw a lot of criticism and it doesn't, like, draw a lot of attention when you raise the age that you can collect Social Security. I think that will happen. I think that'll happen very quickly because I know for my generation, I think we have to retire in our 70s. Maybe it'll be 80s by the time I'm ready to collect. Um, for my mother, she had to retire in her 60s. She didn't make it. She never got to use it. And because they go, well, people are living longer. I'm like, yeah, but you're going to like, you guys are going to raise it, raise it to the point where, all right, you get Social Security for a year. And then boom, it's, it's ridiculous. But I think that will happen. I think they'll go, well, we don't have enough to pay it right now. Well, up the years they can collect by a year. Anyone who's collecting now is grandfathered, but anyone who's not, we're upping it by a year. And then boom, you get another decade. Oh, here's another way they could fund Social Security. Anytime there's insider trading, I don't know, take some of the money from uh, Social Security, use it on the market to make some money. You know, when every senator got together right before they knew the, well, right when they knew the pandemic was going to hit the U.S. and they knew they were going to go on lockdown. So they got together in the middle of the night, had a meeting, and then immediately sold all their stock right before they announced it. I don't know. Have Social Security short the entire market with the entire Social Security fund and double the Social Security fund in like a day. Every time that the, you know, anytime there's insider trading, let Social Security do it. Have like one or two brokers that their whole job is to trade with Social Security and they only trade on insider information because the politicians are doing it anyways. So why shouldn't Social Security, you know, why shouldn't the money that we are paying into get grown the same way that... You know, Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or um, Mitch McConnell or uh, I can't even think of the other people. Uh, yeah, any yeah, let me start again. So why shouldn't our money grow like Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, or Pelosi, Peloso, Pelosi, or Mitch McConnell? Why shouldn't our money grow like theirs? Because they're doing all that stuff. You don't think they're doing that? <laughs> yeah. So if they're insider trading, I think the American people should insider trade. You know, level the playing field. That way, maybe our Social Security gets upped more than once every decade or something. The cost of living increases go get fixed and stuff like that. Just let it a little bit of insider trading. We can probably double it in like three years just on a normal market. Right now, you can probably triple it in like a year. I don't know. So that's my take. So jet ski stimulus program, or no, jet ski slash boat stimulus program, um, venture capital, private equity, seed funding, um, stimulus program and insider social security um, trading plan. Now, what do you guys think? I think that's a great idea. 
Anyways, I want to thank you guys for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, do all those things. You can check me out on YouTube. You can check me out here. Uh, feel free to send in any questions you got. Uh, the email is uninformedbanker at gmail.com. You can also go to our website at www.theuninformedbanker.com. I have not updated their website. I will get to that. I apologize. And yes, I made it myself. That's why it's not the greatest. Anyways, have a great weekend. Uh, it's the end of the weekend now. But either way, have a great Labor Day. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.